What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Welcome back to Confident AF. We are here with a super special guest for a super fucking special episode. Episode 69. (laughs) 69. We're at episode 69. We're here with my hubby, Renee Lechuga. I am so excited. Long time coming. Long time awaited guest. We got a lot of questions. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. So welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for joining. Thanks for coming. Yeah. It's really exciting to have you on, actually, babe. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. It's just basically us getting recorded, yeah. doing what we do. All just the our time. normal talking. You're right. Yeah. So we're going to basically just treat this like a convo, but we're going to go back through some of our old memories, how we started the business, yeah. all that stuff. Everything, yeah. So typically, I have someone introduce themselves. Yeah. Um, I'll introduce you. I'll give you kind of, I'll give people what I think you do. Yeah. And then you introduce yourself in your own words. All right. Okay. Yeah. So this is my husband, Renee Lechuga. He's an entrepreneur, CEO, my husband, my lifeline. <laughs> Should I get all mushy? Whatever you want. <laughs> Whatever you want. It's all good. But yeah, CEO, business owner, entrepreneur. That's really what we're going to get into. We're also going to go a little bit into how we met and our relationship. But yeah. what would you say when people... If you were to describe yourself, what are you? Would you describe yourself as business-wise? Business-wise, just um, you know, uh, business owner, entrepreneur. You know, I, growing up, I didn't really even know what an entrepreneur the word meant. You know, so I would go around and be like, "What does your dad do?" People would question, "Hey, what does your dad do?" I was like, "Oh, he he has a trucking business." And one time, some somebody was like, "Oh, he's an entrepreneur." I was like. Yeah, I get. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but How yeah. How old were you when that happened? I don't know. Man. I must have been like in grade school, maybe, maybe in a middle school. Was that like a teacher who said that? I don't or? know if it was a teacher or like a customer, or just somebody randomly at a store. I don't. I don't remember exactly the situation, but I do remember that you know that they said entrepreneur. So I was kind of like, oh, okay. So then I kind of related that to like. Uh, the music industry when you're like owning your own record business. Right. And they call those people like moguls, right? Because they own so much different type of things like Puff and like Russell Simmons and like They're like diversified. Correct. So I kinda uh was thinking that uh You equated the word entrepreneur correct, with mogul. Correct. I equated them. I didn't find that word either. I equated those two things together. So that was like, oh. So when I finally kinda like I guess clicked or discovered that I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I guess my dad's like, does that kind of stuff versus just looking at him as a, you know, Oh, he's just a truck driver or just he does trucking or whatever it is that anybody does for that matter. Right. Yeah. You know, or if your mom owns a business or somebody's close significant other or whatever it is, family owns a business. It's, it's more of a meaning when you say entrepreneur, entrepreneur because if you call it owns a business, it's more like, Hey, I just, work there or I work for it I or, really, I, or I own it only or I don't care for it right whatever it is you know but yeah. when you say it with that passion of saying entrepreneur it kind of sits a little different 
Yeah. Like, I get, at least in my eyes, it did. Yeah, it hits different. Yeah. So tell us what your business is. Tell everybody what, well, it's our business, I guess. I always had this old like <laughs> feeling where I kept calling yeah. it Renee's business, but it, it truly is. is our business together. Mm. <laughs> it's not? Okay, Amber Heard show. Oh my God. Okay, we're, we were just watching the Amber <laughs> Heard documentary with Johnny Depp, but it yeah, is our business of course. together. Yeah, it's ours. Yeah. But it's, tell us what it is. Basically, it's, a, it's called roll-off trucking. So basically, if you ever, you probably won't pay attention to, but if you do now, if you go to a construction site or if you go to uh, anywhere that's uh, knocking a building down or remodeling something, basically, so a truck will come, a semi-truck, and drop off those containers and pretty much an open top container and you throw your debris in it. Could be trash, could be recyclables, whatever it is that you need to get rid of, that's basically what I do, I go out, rent those containers out to different companies. It could be residential, it could be commercial. And also if you need to get um, demolition, like some dirt or some asphalt, concrete, whatever it roofing. is. Yeah, roofing as Construction well. Construction debris. Construction, recyclables, metal, whatever it is, like for whatever job you need done and you need this type of service, this is the type of service that you would typically call or you would see call, so somebody would call, right? But basically, yeah. So um, if you see like a pile of trash or a mound of dirt you need to get rid of, it's basically I'll drop off the container for you and you load it up. I come and pick it up when it's done and that's pretty much it. So, but yeah, that's called the roll-off business. So a lot of people really don't know what it is when you say it. I didn't. But when you explain it, and then you're like that. Now you see them everywhere. You're like, oh wow, that's what that is. Okay, right. you know, or uh, or the storage containers, right? Where you store containers, that kind of thing too. It's similar to that, same height, same length, but mine are meant for debris, so the tops off of it. So yeah, so that's and, basically what it is. And my role in the business, for you guys who don't know or don't know me personally, I do all back end of the Correct. business. Yeah. So yeah, all type of like billing. Yep. Customer, a lot of customer communication, mm -hmm. even yeah. though I didn't really start doing a lot of customer no. communication until the last few years. Yeah, yeah. The last few years, I was actually doing a lot of the majority of it, but it came to a point where it started getting too busy. I, I can't email every customer. I can't bill every customer while being hands-on, full-time on the truck, For delivering, sure. picking up. I, it, it was way too much to do. So that's when I told you, hey, like... Help me out. See what we could do. Right. Well, from day one, I was trying to do invoicing for you. That's how it started off. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Just a little bit at a time, right? And then that little bit at a time eventually became more involved and do yeah. like a, a, a full time a, job. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, it's a full time job for you because it's not easy for anybody that does it on their own business, even if it's small or big. Doesn't matter what level you're at. To do the back end stuff is a full time job, and even if you don't. Do it full time. You're gonna spend a couple of hours each day, right? You may not think it, it is, right? You may do 30 minutes here or an hour here, but by the time the end of the week comes, you didn't fulfill that one hour a day, which is gonna turn into six hours. You know, it could turn into and more, seven and more, a ten, and more. twelve, yeah. To where it's like, hey, you're doing two, four, six, you know, yeah. hours a day, and now it's just, hey, constantly emailing and updating customers and different type of things that come along with the business. So yeah, it's a full-time job for you and it eases up a lot off of me. For sure. So. It really has made our business like work 
more synergistically and, and right. easier. Yeah. Uh, definitely for you. And it took me a while to come into that role because we're what, seven years in business now? Yeah. No, I think no. You said it was eight six, or some shit. Six. Because we started the business in know. 2017. 17. So <laughs> we started the business in 2017. So that would be six years in business now. And right. it did take me a while to really come into that role it's of really taking been on. Like four years, maybe? Yeah, I would say four a years. Serious, you know, full time. Yeah. Before it was, like she said, uh, a little bit out Here of Here and there, in between my other jobs, in between right. stuff, trying right. to really. I even outsourced it for a while. I outsourced some of my stuff yeah, and then I had to yeah. take it back. So just because it was just a little difficult of what double was, checking everything. Correct. So it was double work. Yeah. You know, it's not nothing on her part or anything like that. No, it was no, just no. the way we had structured it for her. It was completely wrong. Yeah. You know, and so it was just that was one of the learning processes, it, right? Yeah. It was huge because I realized like Renee would ask me stuff about the business and I wouldn't know what's really going on. Even though I was double checking the work, I just really didn't have my hand in it as much right. as I had before. Right. So I felt really disconnected from the business. So that's when I came back fully in the business. And since that point, which was probably about, like you said, probably four years ago, mm-hmm. that we really got on the same page. We really structured it more as a job for me and more as a full time mm-hmm. every single day, checking right. in on it, really right. us being on the same page. Right. Right. Well, that goes to show you the growth of it too, because it was just a one time a week. Remember? Yeah. It was we Fridays. Just billing every Friday. Well, we still do that, but now it's emailing, calling people, billing, checking in on things. Yeah, doing everything what we need to do. So scheduling. Correct. It, so it, it just eventually grew to that point where it's an everyday thing versus right. how it was. Oh, don't worry, I'll give you LA info on Friday when you bill. Right. And then it was just like one thing. Right. And we used to. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. yeah. And we used to fight a lot doing our billing. Remember? Right. Yeah. It's like a still. huge. Sometimes we do, do still fight when we do our billing because yeah. it actually in our astrological chart, our most, our only thing that isn't like really compatible is our communication. So that's probably our biggest issue with us is communicating. We just communicate a little bit differently. So when we obviously on Fridays would have to communicate right. about the billing, it would get frustrating sometimes. And sometimes it still does, yeah. but it's yeah. pretty chilled out now. But I always tell people that when you're going into a business, with your significant other is like, it's fucking hard to or find. Or unintentionally, we didn't intend for yes, you to do that back in. It just evolved into that, yeah. right? Who yeah. else are we going to hire? Like, why would we hire out? Right? We didn't. We went. We didn't have capital to do that, and right? we really didn't have that much that we were we doing have anything at the time. to do that, right? Yeah. So, like, it evolved into that. But yeah, if you do have the capital to do it, and you know the significant other doesn't want to do it, then for sure. I would suggest to do it. <laughs> Save your marriage. <laughs> well, I mean, not only that. That's kind of how you it made, that sounded when you no, said that. No, I mean, I'm saying it more as like it's necessary if if you're trying to like grow the business and you want to include your your partner, or significant other, or whatever, like make it involved, be an involvement. And for instance, some people don't. They don't. Like you do it, you handle it. I don't care. And then, but... You're going to want to know why there's no money or right. why are you spending all the money? Well, I need to do this. I need to do that. And then they're not really involved into the everyday operations. To really understand So that it. might start some, you know, yeah. a rift or something. Yeah. It could, but maybe not. Who yeah. knows? But we figured it out this and way. And what works for us. Yeah. Yeah. May not work for everyone, but it, it work, it's been working for us and it has brought a lot of uh, closeness to us and being in communication, not only with work, but everyday life. Yeah. 
you know, just operations. Yeah, it has. So I want to start with, I made kind of like a little outline for our combo, but I want to start with like where we started. Mm -hmm. So we went on a date on from plenty of fish yeah Yeah. like how we met yeah oh yeah yeah my brother my little brother he told me about he's like dude you should go on pof i was like what is that and my friend told me about about like 2009 maybe when it came out 10 yeah it had just came out and i was like but we didn't meet in that year no we didn't but i'm telling you that's when i found out about it oh i see see. so that he's the one that told me about it and i was like okay cool then i moved to dallas and then that's when i was like Got back on it, which was like 2012, 13. Yeah. But I hadn't gone on for a long time. And I would just, you know, would sit home, get drunk, and then just start going on there <laughs> and start seeing who I would start fishing. <laughs> <laughs> and then see who, see who would, who, who would know, bite. Yeah. Who would take the bite. Yeah. Who'd take the bait. Yeah. And so that's we, how, that's how we met. Yeah. We met on PR. Not a lot of people remember or realize that we did. Yeah. And when we tell them that story, I think we're full of shit. Yeah. But it's funny because like, yeah, we met online and it doesn't seem, I guess it doesn't seem like we did, right? I guess. I don't know what the definition of what someone looks like that met online, but. Well, like, I guess because we've been together for so long. Very true. Yeah. You know, because it was more like taboo when we. It was still taboo. It was not taboo, but it it was. was. You think so? Yeah, I think about it. We were in Texas at the time, so it's probably not even up on. Yeah. uh, Up on that, like. Game. Yeah. Or or, uh, like. I guess like people knew about it, right? But not really. And like, oh, be careful. Like you may be a murderer, yes. you know, he's a yeah. rapist or something. Not me in particular, but, <laughs> but like, whoever it is, yeah. even, even like meeting a girl too. Like, you know, you don't know what she may drug you. Yeah. Could happen too, but, yeah. right? but that's how we met. And I guess it's more the shock value that we met online and people probably, oh my God, you, did you really? We're like, yeah, yeah. So even though it was like, so long ago. It was such a long time and you've been in the family forever and we've yeah. been together for so long that I guess I could see how you would forget. For sure. Yeah. But if you were to tell somebody, a stranger that we met online, they wouldn't, they'd be like, I always get, get the fuck out of here. You guys really met online? I'm like, yeah, yeah dude, we did. And that's where, that's where I'm getting at. For sure. Because like if you were to meet somebody new that never met us, but just sees us interacting with each other. Yeah. That's where it is. And I bet you'll have a lot of people will be like, oh, shit, you guys did. Yeah, I don't I know if I've ever know. mentioned that on my podcast before. I probably have said it in probably passing not. or something. Probably but not. Yeah, we met online and then we went on a date. Yeah. And then yeah. I was so infatuated with Renee. I loved Renee from the moment I met him. Yeah. Because he was unlike anybody that I ever met. And then you really encouraged me. This is what I really want to talk about. We don't have to go into like the semantics and the details of all the different times we went out and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But I did love your honesty and you really helped me grow into a better person, even in that first year where we were just like hooking up and dating and just hanging out for that first year. You really helped me turn into a woman, I think. I had just came off a breakup. we weren't even like really like, you're talking the whole year from when we met? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, Renee was encouraging me to go to the gym and kind of, like, get move out of Arlington. Or just which do whatever, you, whatever yes. you wanted to do. Yes. Because you're questioning what you wanted to do versus pleasing other people for it. For sure. So I was just like, hey, just do what makes you happy and what you want to do. Yeah, you were the, the first who person cares? who really ever, like, yeah. questioned what do you actually want to do. Mm-hmm. 
And even when I said, like, I'm not sure, whatever, you press the question. You Which still, was what? What do you want to do? What do you and really want? And your answer was what? I still didn't really know. I didn't really know at the time. But Did I was, you know or you didn't want to answer it? I think for so long, I didn't act on what I wanted. So it was really so did know. odd for me. Yeah, I knew what I wanted to do. Which but is what? I wanted to live in a higher populated area. I wanted to live in like a more pop-in right. city right. area. Right. I wanted to like go out. I wanted to do fun stuff. Mm -hmm. I wanted to like, I didn't know what I wanted to do career-wise, but I just knew. Who the fuck knows anyway, at that age, right? Yeah, because I was 24. Yeah, we're we're six years apart for who people don't know. Yeah. So I'm a lot older than her, so. Yeah. And then, so we were friends for a while. And then mm -hmm. when we moved in together, we moved from Dallas. We moved to LA. We mm -hmm. moved to California about six months after we lived together. Right. And then after we moved to LA, I told you guys a little bit about this in the solo episode mm -hmm. I did a few episodes back, but we moved to LA. And then I want to know from your point of view, when did you conceptualize starting your business because you moved to Dallas mm -hmm. because of getting your life together and like stopping partying a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I was just partying all the time, not caring, like just like like you in a different way, right? You didn't know what you wanted to do at that age. I was conflicted too, like, hmm, should it, you know, I join, do the family business thing. I'm kind of like, I don't know, I want to do something else at the time, right? I was like, because I felt if I were to do that, I would be stuck where I was going to be at, I thought, you know, right? Like in Apple Valley. Right, right, where I'm from. So I would be like, hmm, I don't know. It was just like, like I wasn't ready for that. I was just like, I'll do it later, right? If I wanted to do it, I could do it later. Like the option like. was already always going to be there. So you Yeah, that's to something I could always fall back on, I right. felt like. Or it wasn't like... I guess it wasn't like an option or it's just like a safety net. It wasn't any of that because cause it wasn't easy even starting the business. Yeah. So it wasn't like given or anything. It was just like, okay, well, if I wanted to, I, I could always come back and do it. But I didn't know it was going to be as hard as I imagined it was going to be, right? For sure. Like, I've, obviously, you know it's going to be hard. But when we started doing it, we hard, realized right? very fucking quickly yeah, how hard right, it was. Right, right away. <laughs> so, so when you're saying like when I conceptualize it, like I've always known maybe in the back of my mind, I wanted to own something of mine, right? Whether it be at the time when I was growing up, we had a firewood business that my mom was doing on the side and my dad would truck up in one of those containers, some extra firewood from a, a tree trimming job from one of his customers and he would just store it store it, and then eventually that manifested into what it was too right it was firewood it's cold up there people want want to use their chimneys so that was a little side hustle my dad did right my dad was always hustling and stuff like that so i know that's something we always have in common yeah that really connects us is that our dads are always like doing something on the right. side right yeah yeah so that was always there and i always helped that so i was always envisioning like hey maybe i'll do the firewood business maybe i'll i'll make it like nationwide or have big aspirations crazy shit in my head always like dude i'm gonna fucking do this do that right even if it was that but i didn't know how there's no blueprint right so that's the tough part right that's what always i think everyone comes across of stopping them from pursuing their dreams right how right so well there's a saying that's like, 
we don't have to figure out the how. The universe figures that out for us. We just know what we want. Yeah, but who the fuck's going to listen to that on 19, of 21, course, nobody. 22 years, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... You're going to know one day, little Johnny. <laughs> like, it'll yeah. just come to you. Yeah, you'll know. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, so so that that's how, like, I've always known it was going to be something. And I always had it in the back of my mind it was going to be what my dad did because it was something I grew up doing as a kid, going to work with him, going to waking up early, five in the morning, six in the morning, all summer. I would love to go to work with him because it was so dope because we would come down to LA. That's where all of all the work was, which was about maybe 45 minutes to an hour away from where we lived at the time in Apple Valley. Well, still, they're still there, but, and I got to listen to like, it was great because I'm was a kid, right? I'm, I'm in fifth grade. So I'm coming down to work every day in summer, <laughs> every day of the week, and sometimes weekends. And, um, you know, I get to eat. I, I go get in the truck. Tell me this is not like a dad thing, right? You wake up at 5. My mom has a little lunch for us ready. We get in the truck. I go immediately back to sleep. He had a little day cab, so there's a little sleeper in the back. I didn't know that he had a day cab in that truck. Yeah, there was a, like in his first one of his first rigs, he had like a little sleeper in the back. Oh, so, that's so dope. So I would hop in and just sleep until I, whenever I woke up, right? Could have been 9 in the morning, 8 in the morning, 10. Whatever it was, I woke up, I would hop out, like, and he's just working, listening to his music. He's like, hey, wait, what's up? I'm like, dude, I'm hungry. He's like, oh, where do you want to go eat? <laughs> so I would go <laughs> pick whatever I wanted to eat, right? Like, it's just like something cool. Like, so, you know, go eat Tommy's, whatever, because there's nothing up there. There's no Tommy's or whatever oh, it was. Oh, yeah, because Tommy's was like a it's cool thing LA. because it was only in LA. Right. So, I see. So we would do that a lot. So, so it was always like I knew of the business. I knew how to do it, but then there was like when I, you know, grew up, got to like high school. Obviously, I'm not going to go to work with him all the time. I would help out around the house on the weekends or whatever it was he needed. I would help, and then so I always knew how to do it. But you know, it it, it was like okay when I was in Dallas and I met you and I was just like hey I want to move back to LA and I want to start a trucking business and that's when I explained to you what it was. You know, Is that when you first like when you moved to Dallas? Is that when you had the idea for the trucking business? I think I think it was. I think it like was. when you finally came to terms with yourself, like yeah, I am gonna. Yeah, follow I think my it was because I mean I had a lot of odd jobs out there, right? Like I was a server, I worked at a warehouse, I worked for another like warehouse company, like and I did a lot of. And that's when you got your license, right? Right. So I moved back after my DUI, and then I got my license back. You moved then, to Dallas after correct. a DUI, yeah. Correct. So I came back, flew back paid my fine and then I got my license back. Then I went out back out to Dallas. And then after that, I got so I already had a class B a commercial license. So all I had to do was just take the test for to get the commercial license, the class A with the 18 wheelers. So for my the work it's not typically a semi 18 all the time. Your work it, now. Yeah. But it but it can be. So at the time I didn't need my class A. I was just like I'm going to get it anyway because I don't want to be a fucking server forever or I don't want to, it's not making any fucking money. It's getting me by. So I was like, let me, I got my license back. So I was like, let me do something out of it. So yeah. So I found something out there to let me borrow their truck. You know, I did that. I got the test, did all that, passed it. So I did that, found another job, a driving job. Then I found another driving job, 18, you know, actual 
18 wheeling job. And that's when I think I had met you at the time. You were maybe I was already working at, there. You were there. I was already there. But not for long. I just had barely gotten hired in February, like after my birthday. Right. So I had met you in July, right? Right. In June or something. Yeah, in the summer. Right. Right. So that's when we had met. So in between that time, when I got my license back, I was like, well, fuck yeah. Like this is, now I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, get my class A. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hustle up, move back whenever I'm ready. There wasn't even like a time frame, a time frame or anything. I was just like, I'm just going to build, save money and then move back. Well, originally what I think is really cool is like originally when you moved to Dallas and you always say this, mm-hmm. I said I was going to move for three months, right? Your original plan when you went to Dallas oh, yes, yes, was yes, like, yes. I'm going to fucking stop partying. I'm going to get a job. I ha- You had just gotten your license taken away for your DUI. And right, because like, it was February when I moved there. And you were like, okay, I'm going to get my shit together, basically. I'm going to move in right. with Art for like three months. And then, I and then it turned into back. three years. No, it was like five years. It was. was a, it ended up being five yeah. years. But when I met I you, yeah. you were like, yeah, yeah, I said I was going to move here for three months and end up being three years. Yeah, yeah, because I just like Texas. I like Dallas. That's where I was living. I loved it. It was just people are nice. The vibe's cool. It's just hardworking, blue collar. You know, a lot, obviously, at the time, you know, we're talking 2012, 2015, 16 and shit. So it's probably different now, but... At the time, yeah, I was liking it. It was pretty cool. And that's when I was just like, like you were saying, three months turned into three years. But I was like, I'm going to wait so I could get my license back. I'm just going to chill there. And I was like, you know what? I got it back. I'm going back. I like it out there. So You came with literally, I think a lot of people don't know this either. Right, right. That you moved there with one suitcase. Yeah, it's like some bullshit movie shit. <laughs> yeah, you was, moved there with one, real, week, yeah. one suitcase on a one-way yeah. ticket. And you yeah. slept on the floor. Yeah. And with 300 bucks, my parents gave me like, my dad was like, here, here's a couple hundred bucks. I was like, all right, cool. And sure enough, yeah, I was like, all right. So. And you slept on the floor at our yeah, apartment. Yeah, because my cousin had only like a studio at the time. And so I was like, oh, he's like, dude, yeah, dude, you sleep on the couch. Or on the couch. All right, cool. And sure. Yeah. That, that I ended up, you know, just applying to whatever was around at the time. And then, um found a restaurant out there and yeah that's when i was serving but glorious yeah glorious and it was wild because i had to catch i had to catch the bus to the train station the train station all the way to downtown to go to the work to work when there was one literally like down the street from you yeah like a half mile if that or a block i don't know what it was yeah yeah but i never transferred to that one i was like no that one's pretty cool over there on greenville ave yeah, yeah 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 so that's when i was like Okay, well, I'm already here. Cool, you know. I'm at the restaurant. Got my license back. I'm driving. Got my, I drove my car back. From there, that's when I started just starting plotting. I started making moves. Started thinking like, okay, all right, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm already. I'm got my license back. So I started looking for class, for class B jobs. Class B jobs on Craigslist. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Craigslist is popping then. So did did that. Found one after another. Another driving job didn't work out. First one didn't work out. I found another one didn't work out. It didn't work out in the sense of like what I was looking for, right? Right. So it was just, I wanted something better and bigger. It was, these were just like, I always treated like these jobs as a stepping stone as to where I'm going to get to, which ultimately was the goal of owning your own business, right? Yeah. So like, even though that the serving job, I treated that as a stepping stone to, get, to hold me down until I got my license back. Got my license back, flipped the switch, got another job that, it, that wasn't working out. It was just another 
Stepping stone. Stepping stone until I found another job to find me another job, right? Found another job. And then I found my actual dope job, which was at a PFG, where that's when I, and between those jobs, I was getting my class A and I took my test and I did all that. And then after I passed that, I just went back on Craigslist, had a lot of ads for it. And I was like, see what's up with this? I applied. They called me right away. And that ended up being like the best job because yeah. that ended up transferring us. That job paid so good. It paid fucking amazing for, for the time at what it was and for the dollar amount I was making. It was great. It was great. It was more than great, honestly. Like It was amazing. It was like almost like... Too I don't good know. to be true? No, <laughs> Is that no. what you're going to say? No. It was just almost <laughs> It was hard like, work. That was a hard I, I was going to say it was like like almost like California wages in Texas almost. For sure. Yeah. Just because it was that, that good. <laughs> Too good to be true. Get out of here. <laughs> Not even. And then that job ended up what we transferred here. Yeah. So, so I stayed. So each job, it wasn't like I just picked up and left. They were all like a year, year and a half jobs, like where I was at. Some of them were six months. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm working here for a week. I just saw what I could get, what I could take from them, right? And I would make a next move. I was already plotting, planning, like always. There's always a structure to what I'm doing. So the last driving job I had, I I actually just was like, okay, this isn't going to work out. Got my class today. I'm going to make triple, quadruple the money I'm doing over here. So yeah, I went and worked at PFG and like you were saying, it's a nationwide company, delivers food service and uh, they transferred me to LA when we were ready to make our move. But yeah, I had a, I was there for about two years in Dallas and right. then another year over here in LA and then, you know, we saved up a lot of more, well, we moved with nothing <laughs> in a U-Haul. Well, we fa- cashed out my 401k. Yeah, we did that, cashed that out. That's what we moved with. We got here and started working and remember how you were like dude it's gonna be $1,800 for this apartment you're like oh my god I could not we cannot afford that I'm like yes we can you don't understand they told me how much I'm gonna be making I just couldn't even conceptualize the act of paying $1,800 for an apartment yeah that's what we were paying a thousand dollars in downtown and uptown Dallas and remember they upped it to $1,300 when we did did like a three month or a month to month or whatever Whatever it was it was yeah yeah. yeah, I was literally like, there's no way. Like, yeah. I cannot even fathom that amount. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, look, because the transfer wasn't, stri- it wasn't like a given. It was just like, if they take you, they take you. If not, right. then whatever. Like, you can transfer to our branch in Bakersfield. I'm like, I'm not moving to Bakersfield. <laughs> I'd rather just stay here in Dallas. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for me to move if I'm not going to get the transfer over here in L.A. So we had to come down and interview for we, it. So we flew out on a like a uh, 4th of July weekend. Uh-huh. I strategically planned it for that. <laughs> I had that interview the week before 4th of July. I was like maybe June 28th or something, end of July. And, and they knew over there I always took 4th of July off the whole week. So it worked to my benefit. Did it. Got the interview. Crushed it. And they told me how much I'm capable of making. Right. They were saying, oh, some guys make this much. Some guys make this much. Some guy, I was like, what, who makes the most? And they're like, this X amount. I was like, okay, good. Done, Done. Deal, dude. I'm about to make that. And sure enough, we moved out here. And that's what I did. I fucking made as much as the guy that was making the most because I was taking up all the hours because I'd already planned about we're going to start up a business. Right. And I needed to save up a lot of money. And you had your job. Yeah. At... um. Palm Beach. 
Palm Beach tan, right? So you were saving, we were both saving. So we had a talk like, okay, so we moved here. So what's the next plan, right? Right. So then we were like, okay, let's save up another year and buy the fucking rig. So we had a, a number in mind what we were going to save. What's it going to cost? So we, all right, okay, it's going to cost this much. So let's save up this much. Let's and we had minimally. this little system, remember, yeah. with my checks? Yeah, let's live minimally. Let my, go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was just yeah. like, because I had to work my way up there. Right. But when I did, I went in, I moved up pretty fast. And it was a commission job at Palm Beach. And I was really good at it. I loved doing that. I love making commission. And it was cool because basically anything over a certain amount, whatever my check was, yeah. you know, anything over a thousand dollars, I think is what it was. Yeah. I could spend on myself. I could use to at like the, uh, Palm Beach. Yeah. Yeah. I could use for bullshit, right. To go shopping or go out to dinner with my friends or whatever, but everything a thousand dollars and under we had to put towards savings or our investment mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. business. Right. And every time I would get a kick out of that, I would get a kick out of like, let me see how much more than a thousand dollars I can make. Right. Right. And Maybe sometimes so it I makes get, it a little like, more fun when you it like was super fun when you have like a little set plan and goal, right? Yeah. Like, all right, cool. Like we just came up with one not so long ago, but yeah. But um, yeah. So that's how that started, and then we finally eventually hit our mark. Yeah, we bought the truck. We bought the rig. You know, uh, I worked there nonstop, eighteen, nineteen hour days, twenty hour days for forever. And a week, dude. I was doing like I averaged the highest working weeks i was doing 75 hours a week not every two weeks a week and that was a really hard time for us too right not because like our relationship but it was hard because we didn't really see each other that much because renee was working overnights a lot yeah i was doing uh, like 11 p.m to like 11 p.m yeah (laughs) like 24 hour shifts but i would be working during the day yeah it was a lot yeah it was night I was working nights, she was work days, and we would see each other at like six, seven o'clock, and that's it. I and would have to go to sleep. And he would already be asleep a I would lot have of the to times go to when I would go home. I would have to like get ready for the next day. Yeah. Which is and if really, I closed, if yeah. I closed Palm Beach, we almost sometimes didn't even see each 10, other. 10, 11. Yeah. I would be home at 10. I would be ready to go out. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, a year of really, you know, we were talking, I was talking to Michelle on- Who's that? <laughs> Big Shell. Oh, okay. That's who I know her as. Yeah, when we did our episode together, she was talking about the one-year experiment. And as I, Renee and I and were talking about this, we were talking about reflecting back on these times where we almost did what she was talking about, a one-year experiment, but we just didn't conceptualize it or think of it like that. We just went into that. And I feel like that year when we were living in Miraloma, which is where we lived when we first moved here. Yeah, in Eastville. In Eastville. Like, that was kind of like a, one, yeah. a one-year experiment oh, that yeah. we did because we were Dallas just over there. Yeah. grinding. yeah. We didn't see each other much. We didn't go out but, at but all. But here's a here's a difference. I'm not sure how she explained it, but we both came to the conclusion that this is what it's going to take. Right. It wasn't like, hey, I'm working, you're working. We're just getting by. We're just surviving. We're right. Like, this is what we're doing because we don't have any income and I have to work five jobs. You have to work five jobs. And this is what we're doing. No, we came to the conclusion like, hey. In order for us to like break free of whatever we're doing, we have to sacrifice everything. We I didn't can. really even see it that way though. But we had to talk. Like, hey, this is what we have to do. Right. Yeah, I just I guess I never saw it as like a sacrifice. I guess sometimes because it, it was. was it was hard. Like it was hard, yeah. Because we were used to being in Dallas, we were in such like a really popping area that our life was very different in Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. 
you were off on the weekends. So right, on right. Saturday nights, every single Saturday night, we would go out. Remember? Yeah, yeah. I would get home at Friday like around 6 to 9. Yeah. We would work out or we would chill Fridays. Saturdays, we would go out. Sundays, we would do brunch or something. And, and then you would that, leave again. Yeah, we'd go out because I had to go out about like 6 a.m. Yeah. So I'd leave around like 4 or 5 to go to work. Sometimes it, I think it was 7 since I wasn't driving out, I would just have to be there at seven right, when that's we right. dispatched out. So that was a cool thing. That's why I like driving out. I didn't like driving out. I would like drive. I like driving, driving at, at night. night. I still like driving at night. Yeah. Just because personally, there's nobody on the road. Yeah. Nobody's bothering me. You know, I could do whatever I want. But that life in Dallas right. was so different from when we moved here. Course, yeah. We really changed because, well, first of all, in Eastvale, mm-hmm. there's nowhere to fucking go. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not like we had a nightlife where we could even go. So we really like yeah. that was the perfect place, honestly, for us to move yeah. at that time because we were just really focused. Mm-hmm. I took as many hours as I can and moved quick up in the company. You took as many hours as we can mm-hmm. as you could. And then we moved to Long Beach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess like we didn't really like think of it. We were thinking more of like, okay, because since we lived in an uptown for two years, right? So we were always walking, just how like we live now in Long Beach. Right. We walked everywhere. We walked to the grocery store. We walk wherever we got to walk. We walk, right? And it's never like a five mile walk. It's like a one few mile, blocks. Yeah, one mile at the max. Right. So we're used to that being in Dallas. So then when we moved there, we had found out we have to drive everywhere, and then well, we knew. But we were like, it's not going to be bad, dude. We just get in the car and drive. It's only like 15 minutes. Right. But it's really not 15 minutes. It's like 30 minutes everywhere, right? Unless you're going to like corporate bars, you know, like Buffalo Wild Wings. Right. Or whatever it is around there. So that's when you're saying it's like, there's nothing to do here. So why not put it into our plan? Yeah. Why? Well, imagine if we did live in a... I was thinking that too area, right now. Right. When I said that, I was like thinking. There, it we, wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked because we were just too busy working. Yeah. It wouldn't even been worth it. It wouldn't. We we're paying a, a shitload in rent if we were going to be living somewhere. And for what? Right. We're, yeah. We already have like this, this plan that we came up with. So it wouldn't have worked anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. So that, that's, that's how it was. Yeah, and then we moved to Long Beach. That's where we started the business. Yeah, so we saved up and we bought a rig, and then I decided to stay back and well and save up some money before I left, and and that wasn't enough to save. We found that out (laughs) because number one, I was just tired. I was tired. I was like working so much, so many hours, and I was just like, I'm over this shit. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if I have this much. I saved up. It wasn't much. It It was like ten thousand dollars. It wasn't shit. Yeah, because we had just spent all the money. Yeah, we just bought the rig, so it was like it it was fine, you know. And you know, my dad helped me out with that, and he's like, "Okay, you can pay for half of it. I'll pay the other half, and then I'll make the truck run and earn from it while you're back saving." I was like, "Cool deal. Let's do it." So he fixed it up, whatever it needed to be done, and he made it run, and he made his money back. Times ten, you know, right? Because he's probably like <laughs> he's six, a hustler. Dude. He's like, dude, I'm gonna get all this money while I can. Because probably like six months after yeah, we bought I, the rig. After we, yeah, I stayed for another six months, and it was just like, I'm so tired of this shit. At least I'm, t- I'm fucking tired of this. Like, 
we were like, all right, well, fuck it. All right, cool. And then at the, during the time, our lease was coming up, like you said. We moved, We came every weekend for a month looking at places here in Long Beach. Yeah. And we found us. We found it because uh, my friend Pops, my my buddy, my homie, <laughs> he said, "Dude, because we were looking and Huntington. we were looking at Huntington Beach. We looked at Newport. We looked. I mean, I already knew I didn't want those places just because it's so you know touristy. You right. know, like Santa Monica and Venice and all that. And it was still." far at the time from pfg where i was at which is an industry so it was like hmm so he's like dude check out long beach and we're like okay cool and we had came one time yeah we came for his birthday i think it was his 30th 31st i didn't come to that i don't remember that we came and i was like yo dude long beach is tight dude. but we came together on the fourth of july when we well, okay fourth of july the that first time, time when we interviewed you interviewed to transfer and i interviewed at palm beach oh, okay okay we came and we stayed at the hilton oh remember? and they were like fucking knocking yeah they were doing construction. construction oh my god i remember that and then we went to bobo the first yeah, time we went to and Bobo, we and we're like, Long Beach. I said, "Dude, I'm a guy. I'm gonna fucking get us a pad over here, dude. Right here, watching all this shit." Yeah, when we're at Bobo, I told you that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that day. And then we, yeah, we kept coming in every fucking weekend to Long looking, Beach. We were like, looking, looking. We were looking at different apartments, right. and we just fucking we loved it. We loved yeah. the vibe. We would party yeah. here every weekend. Yeah, and this was we're still grinding it out. We're it still, was Sundays. We, we were still grinding it, dude. We were still grinding it. Like, I, we had have to come come here for a little bit, and we had to get back because I had to go to work at 11 at night. Yeah. So we would just come for a little bit in the morning, afternoon, and, like, go back home. Check back. Yeah, <laughs> dude. So it was just, it wasn't just like, okay, we're going to here and party all. No, it was just like, it was business. We were yeah. looking at it, right? And then finally, we found the spot we looked at, which was over there at the current. At the time, it was brand new. And then we're like, all right, let's do it. So this is all simultaneously leaving PFG, you leaving. Well, no, you didn't leave at the time. I think it was like three months. You still stayed and transferred, right? I went to Orange. Right, okay. Went to Costa Mesa. Right, so I had left and I had no customers, nothing to do on my first day. I was like, I think I'm going to go buy a gas cap. My dad said I need a gas cap because people steal diesel. So I was like... All right, so I I don't I just drove to from Long Beach. Well, where was my truck at, at the time? Probably at Luis's. I might have been in Baldwin Park. Park, so I drove from Baldwin Park all the way to Fontana to go buy a gas cap, and that gas cap was like eighty five dollars. I was like, what the fuck? Eighty five dollars for this? I was like, I don't know, man. That's kind of wild. So then I was uh, after that, I'd have nothing to do. I was just driving around. I was like, so cool though. It was so cool. I just got up and was like, I had no plan. That's the craziest part about no plan. our story yeah. is that we literally had no There's fucking no business. Plan. We had zero customers. No We had business. zero idea how to get a customer. We would ask. I'd ask my dad and ask my mom. And you're like, well, I was like, well, how much would I make? She's like, or he's <laughs> like, well, you know, some days are good. Some days are bad. Well, okay, well, can you give me an amount of figure? A number. A number, right? And... We're just so used to uh, the, income, the, reliable yeah, income. Yeah, the same income, not same, but you know what's coming out. You know what you're gonna make, right? You have an idea, and then she's like, "Well, some days are good and some days are bad." But I was like, "Okay, well, like, what do you think? Like, like two thousand, one thousand, three thousand, five thousand a week? What is it?" And she wouldn't give me an answer. I was like, <laughs> oh, 
So I was kind of like, okay, whatever. She probably just doesn't know or something. I don't know what I was thinking, right? I was just like, okay. So then my dad was like, okay, well, I'll give you these two accounts. And this is just enough to get you by. It wasn't really anything. And it really wasn't anything. It was just like service twice a week, one per customer, which wasn't really anything. When you really think about it, like you're running your own business. It was doing 975, right? So 18, we're doing $2,000 for these two accounts, which is great. It's great money, right? But that's the only income coming in. Not all the expenses. Yeah, not counting fuel, not counting we got to pay the rent for the apartment. So it was just like, oh, fuck, dude. So how else are we going to make money, dude? Yeah. So Do you remember your second account? I don't. I remember fucking doing cold sales, dude. I would walk around and see trash and like, I still do that to this day and yeah. it works, but well, it wasn't remember, working then. <laughs> it was not working. <laughs> it didn't work then. Remember when you went up to that job site in Long Beach that yeah. was doing construction? Yeah. I don't know what building it was I for. I don't remember I either. I think it was for that one over there, that Linden. It was for that one. And you went up and you told me like, oh, I'm going to go up to this. Dude, I, I knocked off. Oh, dude, I was so excited. I was like, hell yeah, dude, about to get this shit. And then he called us back and he's like, can yeah. you send me your business license for city of Long Beach? And we were like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Where would you get one of those? Where that, would did you, I ask him that? I asked him that. Where you, would you, you talk to him? Yeah. Okay. I think I was off that day or something. You were. We were home. at the gym. He called me and we were yeah. at the gym at 24 when he called me. And he said, can you send me a business license? I said, yeah, where would you obtain a business license? And he's like, oh, you can get it from the city of Long Beach. Well, all right, cool. And cool. that's when we applied for a business license. Yeah. That was like, yeah. we dude, had no idea. I called that dude. I swear to God, probably like every day, like, what's up, dude? Do you need a container? Like, he was like being so patient and so polite, like, Hey, dude, uh, yeah, well, I'll get back to you. And I was like, okay, a couple of days went by. I bug him again. Like, hey, dude, what, do you have any other side projects? Do you have anything else? And it was just like, dude, I literally bugged this dude. And he was being so cool and patient, dude. It was really awesome. Yeah, that was that building over there. And I was like, fuck, it's not working out. And that was pretty much it. Well, and you then, also worked for your brother a lot. Yeah, I helped him when out. We first I did started. a lot of that. I hauled for him. I did that. It wasn't much. I worked mu- a lot of fucking hours or a lot of days, and it was, it wasn't much. But you know, I just flipped to back to that hustler mentality of working when I was at you know the other jobs. Like, yeah, it's not paying much, but this is what I have to do. Yeah, this is what I have to do to get by. If this is what it is for right now, until I figure this shit out, it's okay. Yeah. So it was fine. So I was like, I, I didn't mind it. It was like, okay, it's work. It's cool. It's it's fine. And it actually helped him too. It helped him expand his business for sure. So it was actually, you know, benefited us both. It, yeah, it showed me a lot where, like, of the business. It did. It showed me a lot more because you got to realize, like, I've been away from it since a little kid, about ten, fifteen years, and I just started something out of thin air and not knowing <laughs> shit. Right? It's just like, hey, dude, I'm gonna start a restaurant business. Yeah. It's just oh, like dude, that. It just you think like, dude, I'm going to own a restaurant, dude. Like, I'm gonna I love food. Dude, <laughs> it's so easy, right? Like, that's what you, you really think when you walk into a dope-ass restaurant. So that's what the same concept was. Like, it's, there's nothing to it. I could just run this shit. Yeah. Right? So, no, it's not. It's a lot more to it. Like, so that's pretty much what we did. We went in with our eyes closed. Eyes wide shut. How about that? We were doing that. And and we were figuring it out as we went. And it was hard as fuck. It wasn't easy. We were always fucking broke. We didn't have fucking money to do shit. 
and we're just like, okay, well, what do we do? What do we do? And, you know, like my dad would help me out. Hey, here's an account. Do it over here on this side. It's close to you. It's in Long Beach or it's in Garden Grove or, you know, I would haul for my brother or like it just started coming along together little by little, you know, as the time went on, as the time went on, as the time went on and, you know, a lot more, I would, I would cold call, I would, you know, knock on doors whenever I would see trash. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I still do that to this day. If I see a pile That's of trash. That's how we get, got just, a lot of our accounts. I'll roll up, dude. And, you know, I have there's no shame in it. Like I sometimes want to just be off the truck and just be a sales rep. And just knock on doors. Like, you know, when those annoying roofers, hey, did you have leaks in your roof? <laughs> like, I see your trash, dude. Can I help you out? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I always feel like that. But, you know, we just got to keep grinding it out and figure it out. And that's what we did. And it took time. And we're still learning every day. For sure. It still takes time. You know, nothing's set in stone. You know, the hardest part is keeping it, right? Anyone can start a business. The hardest part is keeping it, right? Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Well, I think when I wrote the notes for this episode, I wrote like, I love how you always have like a long-term vision Mm -hmm. and you really helped me even with that, with the podcast of seeing like the long-term vision with no timeline, which you mentioned too, is like, there wasn't like, when you said you're going to move back from Dallas to LA, you said like, there was no timeline. I just knew that was the goal. I just held that goal. And I think that's what I really like hear in your story and what other people probably hear too is the tenacity of like seeing this long-term goal of having a business that's working and moving and self-sustaining and sustaining your life and not having a specific timeline on it or getting frustrated and the tenacity that you have to continue to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that goes with, with life. I feel, I mean, you have to have, some type of goal or some aspirations is to do something, whether it may sound fucking ridiculous to anybody and it may be ridiculous to yourself, but you have to have something that is so fucking outrageous and so insane. Like me saying that you're going to be bigger than Joe Rogan, right? That's fucking insane. It to sounds say, fucking crazy. To right. Say. But, but what if you do become bigger than Joe Rogan? What if that happens? And that's basically how I'm saying. You got to put your goals so fucking high that they sound ridiculous and stupid to everyone else. But if you believe that you can make them happen and achieve them, then they're not stupid. They may be stupid to you, but that's that's because they're putting your limited beliefs on you. You know what Their I mean? Their limited beliefs yeah. on, on you. Right, yeah. right. That's what they're doing. So that's where a lot of the mentality comes from is just believing in yourself, even when there's no one to believe in you. You just got to take a life like that. Yeah. Talk about growing your business, I guess, is where we could go next, is growing your business from basically nothing, right? One account that your dad gave us. And we ended up giving that account away Mm -hmm. the end. Well, after. Yeah. After some time. So talk about growing it. Um, I mean, I don't know, like, how to grow it. I don't know, like... Well, one of the questions we got was like, what is your best advice for someone starting their business? Have a plan. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be like us. Have a plan. Have a plan, dude. I mean, but no matter what plan you choose, if you think it's not even perfected or if it's not perfect or if it's not to your liking, it's that plan's never going to be perfect and it's always going to deviate from the original plan. Yeah. So you just got to be 
knowing that if you do start a business, that's what's going to happen. It wouldn't matter if we even had $100,000 to start saved up. Because we didn't know what the fuck we we're doing. So what was it good to even have that much money <laughs> anyway, right? And in it, even if we did have that, even if we did have that, what were we going to do with that? Right. Right? Take everyone else's opinions and invest it in this or invest it in that. So I would say if you did have, if you were going to start your business, just have a, a have a detailed plan and go over it and over it. And, and it's okay if those plans do change. It's okay if it deviates a little bit, but always have that one goal in mind of what the original, like the long term. Yeah, or the original goal was right. Like your original goal might have been for uh, be bigger than Joe Rogan, right? Whatever. Mine could be waste management. I buy waste management one day, right? Sounds fucking ridiculous. Or then buy me. Whatever it is, right? Something ridiculous to where. The goal is so far way up there and unattainable to everyone else that you see little things that you're doing with your business that's like, oh, this is working. Oh, this didn't work. This is going to work. This is going to work. And before you know it, you know, that one month, two months turns into like two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years, and it morphs into something bigger, but the more bigger that you get, the more responsibility you're going to take and the more that you're going to be doing a lot more um, risk, taking yeah, a lot more risk. for sure. For sure, so, more risk. So, yeah, but, but to start out, I would say have a plan and have a goal. And don't let those change. I think when you say, like, have a goal too, I think you're talking about when you talk about that big goal, it's like have that big goal and see everything else as a stepping stone towards it. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it's going to be. And you have to understand that if you don't, then you're not going to be very here very long. And that's, yeah. that's anything in life. If you don't have a goal or you don't see things as a stepping stone, then it's not going to be you're just existing. Yeah. And it's also going to feel really like I can speak from my own experience with this. It's like, if you don't see things as a stepping stone towards a larger goal, then you're going to feel really frustrated and really defeated. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't get to my goal yet. Right. right? You're always going to feel that way. I always felt that in my business when I first started because I didn't have that mentality. Well, I mean, I think that comes with anything that you're doing, right? It could be with the way you look, your body it could be with someone taking a test for the SATs. It could be. Anything it is, whatever it is, and you don't reach whatever you're going to reach, you look at it as a failure. Like, why did I even do this? Instead of looking at these things as failures or I did it for nothing, you know, you can use those as teaching lessons, which therefore are stepping stones. Yeah. Into what your ultimate goal is going to be. Yeah. And now some of the other questions that we got were about how does it feel to take on your father's legacy and to like take over your, not take over, but I guess I forgot the way the question was worded, but how does it feel? Oh, how does it feel to follow in your father's footsteps? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's actually cool because, um, before he passed, he got to see a lot of the growth and got to see me buy my new rig. Uh, the way that I actually had envisioned, it was another long time goal. Like, I had envisioned this rig when I was waiting tables, when I was 
working at these other trucking business exactly the color i wanted it white and i wanted it the way it is built if you've seen pictures of it is the way i actually wanted it and the fact that i had the opportunity to get it built the way i wanted it no matter if it costed me x amount of money or x amount of dollars to make it this way i made it that way anyway just because that's exactly what i had envisioned what is that 10 years ago we just bought the rig two years ago probably yeah yeah that goes to show you these goals are not short term there that was a 10-year thing like it happened in 10 years so it's like don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen the first time second time third time fourth time it's gonna happen if you stick to it you know and work. you hold that vision yeah and so he saw that which made me really like really happy when I brought my rig and he had first seen it get it completed and I brought it on my, on my with um, my trailer and I went to go get it washed I think or meet him I don't know what I was doing I went to go see him and he had he saw it and he was so happy and uh, he drove it around the block you know that video yeah the video he drove it around the block and he was just like oh wow it's so smooth it doesn't jump it doesn't jerk you know it's so smooth it's spacious so and one of his first rigs too was a peterbilt too so um that's why it was very special you know to to get a peterbilt because i've always loved peterbilts he had one and so i was like i'm gonna get one too so um that goes along with following in his footsteps right but it feels great to follow what he's doing and um turn it into something what he envisioned would he could do what he could do with what he had. And I am, my goal is to take it to 10 X to whatever he could do and take it to the next level and make him proud and, and, you know, make my mom proud with it as well as yeah. my family. So, well, I feel yeah. like we talk about this a lot, but I feel like it's only fucking right for us to take what we've been given and right. the advantages that we've had just by right. the more advantages that we've had versus your dad and your right. mom. Right. And what service would we be doing if we just kept it the same and played small? We'd be doing ourselves a disservice. We'd be doing everything else a disservice. Your dad did not play small with his business. No. Coming from where he came from. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I would say that goes with anything in life, right? Like our parents, your parents, everyone's parents before us, the generations before us and before them, before them always have a better opportunity than the one prior, right? Or at least it should be like, I know there's circumstances where it doesn't. But in this one, we were given those circumstances. So um, I would always say that, you know, why not strive for a better, greater life to where you can take advantage of the opportunities that they didn't have and couldn't seize and couldn't do because of their circumstances. So that's why I take like a lot of great pride in doing with what he made of what he was given, right? And turned his circumstances into a, a huge win, right? And so I just want to do the same thing in another way, which is the now, which is do it another 10x to, from what he's at, right? So that's where, you know, I, I feel like anyone in life should be doing that. You know, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. I think I feel like you should always do better and never settle always taking the risks and and that comes with business taking the risk not playing it safe you play safe you're not going to get anywhere you're going to be stagnant and you're going to get either mediocre 
results. Yeah, or you're going to get bought out or you're going to fail. You're always got to grow, you know. Yeah. And that's life. You have to grow as an individual as well. Like For sure. It goes hand in hand with it, with everything business, I feel. If you allow it to be, you know, it's not always cutthroat. There is things that you have to do where it is like a doggy dog, right? It's either him or me or my family, right? So it's like, you know, it's the way the world is too, I feel. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, we, it's cool like when we really think about what your dad did right. with what he had. Right. Building the magnitude of a business that he did mm-hmm. with not knowing how to read or write. Correct, yeah. In English or in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Really like learning just enough English to really like get by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And serve his customers and building the magnitude of a business that he did. Yeah. When we equate that to our life, right? We have so much. We have so much given to us, right? But starting our business, not knowing what the fuck we're doing, we have to take those same risks that he would take or take those same, you know, small wins. And he never gave up. Right. He would always figure out a way. Figure out a way. And that's, that goes with business, right? Like he never used his inability to read or write or speak the language, the native language here, or or have a, a lower education hold him back. Yeah. So he never used any excuses. And I don't hold any excuses for myself. What excuses do I have? Right. He did it with nothing. And it was actually really like limited. Yeah. Into what he could do. So that's why I look at it like. We're not limited at all. At all. Right. <laughs> like if I'm not growing or not expanding, that's by my own doing. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think those were the biggest like actual legit questions that we got. We also got questions like. How does it feel to have the confidence queen as your wife? I can't even say that with a fucking straight face. But yeah, yeah. can you answer that? Sure, me? sure. I mean, it's great because um, you you bring a lot of different things, elements to our, both of our lives, as well as the business. You know, like we were saying earlier about doing all the back end stuff, which is a lot of work. Like for those that do own their own businesses and do own, you know, anything to do with or if you have a husband and wife combo, um, they'll understand it's not as easy, but um, they'll understand that it's like a lot of uh, fighting, a lot of this, a lot of that. And not to say that we argue all the time or fight about a lot of stuff, but it does get a little hectic at times with work. So I guess it came with time for over the years and we learned how to work with each other and learned a lot of different new things about each other so like to be you know i guess you're my wife for you, you guess. To, <laughs> for you to be my wife no it's great um but i don't look at you as the confidence queen right i look at you as my wife as my partner as my best friend and everything so i mean i guess it's cool yeah when you really think about it because you're you know really great to hang out with you're fun you're annoying and your laugh is annoying <laughs> see but it's been called obnoxious. It's obnoxious. We've been heard. <laughs> we've been told. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. It's fun. You know, there's always something to do with us, you know, with you. And obviously, we work great together. We work great behind the scenes. We're a great, you know. Um, team. The, yeah, we're a great team together. And, you know, for a lot of, like, people that are, if it's just one person and the husband-wife combo, 
you know, or if it's, you know, one person has a regular job. Right. And one person is trying to build something or do something new. It's going to be hard. Right. And we went through that. Right. We went through that. And um, without the support, it wouldn't be the same. You know, without your support, it wouldn't be the same. Without you not being involved, it wouldn't be the same. Right. You know, it would be different. You would be doing whatever you're doing. And I would have to hire somebody and and just be like, hey, this is, you know, well, how was work? Oh, it was cool. You know, but most of the time, you know what's going on with our business and with whatever you're doing with your business. And, you know, we get it, hold the house down together and it is great. It's fun. It's always great. So, yeah. And the other question we got, which I don't know if you have an answer for this one, mm. but how did you know that I was the one? <laughs> which I don't know what the one means. Maybe like the one to marry or the one to be your partner for life. Well, that's I guess it. that's the same thing, right? Yeah. I guess for some people it may not be. Right. That's true. <laughs> right. Well, but, I don't know. I mean, when we first met and we were getting to know each other, I always thought that um, from you know, getting to know you and meeting you and, uh, knowing who you really are, you know, I could tell pretty quick that you're a hard worker, you have a big heart and you care a lot. So it, I, I really like that about you. I love that about you. So I always felt like that was like one of the great qualities that I always searched in a woman. And so, um, that's, I guess how I knew, I don't know if you were the one at that moment, I'm not going to say some fucking fairy tale movie sure. shit, you know, but I knew it was somebody that you, I, would, I wouldn't even say potential, but I saw what you had in you and it was, it was that you wouldn't let it out. You know, it wasn't potential. Like it was just something that you were, you weren't expressing, right? You weren't living how you wanted to live. And I saw that you struggled with that. And I was just like, Hey, just, just be you. And like, I'll see how you are, right, as a person. If you're a nasty person, this is anybody, right? Not just you in particular, but like you could tell, right, when you meet somebody if they're what their motives are, if they're genuine or not. And you're always genuine, always one hundred percent, even though you would try to hide a lot of it. But I saw through that really quick, and I was just like, no, dude, just just be yourself, be you, and we'll see where it goes. And you know, ten years later, we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so crazy to think like next year we will be knowing each other. In 2024, we'll be knowing each other for 10 years. Yeah. Be together for like almost 10 years. That's really insane to me yeah, to think right, about. Right, right. That's what I was saying like when we say that we met online. It's like yeah, hard to believe that. It is. Sometimes for myself too. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. We didn't meet online. I feel like that too right. because it's really crazy because Renee moved to Dallas, right? Mm -hmm. Like you guys heard. And... Obviously, I was living in Dallas, and my friend actually told me about POF too. Yeah. And encouraged me to get on it because we actually went out after I had gone through a breakup. And I talked to you guys about that in the solo episode. And I gone through a breakup, and then my yeah. friend, we had gone out. We had gone to Houston. Mm -hmm. We went out. Oh, yeah. And I, I felt like, oh my God, nobody in this bar even cared to talk to me. Right. I felt so ugly. I felt fat. I just felt like. I didn't know how to interact as an adult right. without a partner because I was in a relationship all of my, from 19 to 23. Yeah. So I didn't. Those are like the prime years too. Yeah. When you get to 
figure out what you like or who you are. Dating. You, right. You're figuring it out. Going out, flirting. I didn't know how to do any of that. Right. My, on the way back from that trip, my friend encouraged me, like, why don't you get online? Why don't you get on some of the apps? Like POF was, right. I think it was like POF and maybe like match.com. Yeah. And there was not match. really yeah. any other ones Actually, Madison. No. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And, um, yeah, my friend encouraged me, like, it'll probably boost your self-esteem. And so I was like, okay, so I downloaded it that mm-hmm. day. And I just mm-hmm. think about the universe's way that mm-hmm. it put us together. Yeah. Because, yeah, meeting online, I'm just like, it's fucking wild. And then yeah. Yeah. even when we met, which I thought was so cool. Like, that was a wild first date. Yeah. It was a wild first date. We went yeah. on a really crazy first date where we... We went uh, to some hibachi place. We went to hibachi and that old couple. There was an old couple. It's like some 70-year-old dude with like a 20-year-old girl. Yeah. Like, we're like chicken-winging each other like, yo, dude, do you think like, that's a prostitute or do you think it's his girlfriend, dude? Yeah. So that was or fun. sugar baby. Or yeah, whatever, we were yeah. just laughing. like, And then we went to another bar. Flying saucer. Fun. Yeah. And then we went to the, another bar. Yeah. 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 It was fun. Yeah. It was a fun first date. But it, I had fun with you. It was fun. It definitely. was fun. It was fun. And it was just it was, it was was just like when we were online talking to each other. Yeah. It was just the same exact thing, but we were in person. So it was great. It was cool. Yeah. And then yeah. Renee actually encouraged me to continue dating other people. Remember? Yeah. Because you wanted me to be your boyfriend. I did. And I was just like, I'm not, I don't even know you, dude. Like, how am I going to be your boyfriend? We just met two months ago and you want me to be your boyfriend. I was like, okay, fine. I'll be your boyfriend, but I'm going to cheat on you. I'm just being straight <laughs> up. Like, I remember that. Why? What? Why do you want that? And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I was just like, then just figure out what you want, dude. Go see other people and see where it goes. I'll text you, we'll text, and we'll see where it goes, dude. And, you know, we'll figure it out. And I would tell Renee about all my dates. Yeah, Remember? like, oh, cool. Yeah, dude, that's that's cool. You know, whatever it was. And, you know, I was doing my thing, too. And, you know, we ended up back. Yeah. So we ended up hanging out again. And, um, yeah, I ended up working out. Like I said, like I just saw a lot of cool, great qualities in you. And uh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. I would always, I I remember going on dates with people after I went, we went on a date and then we would still go out and do stuff right. together. Right. And I would go on these other dates and mm-hmm. I would be like, I would go on dates with guys my age, right? Because we, like we said, we're six years different. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, dude, these guys my age fucking suck. Like, yeah, but think about they're just figuring it out themselves at 24, right? 23, 24. Right. So, like, you don't know shit at that yeah. age. You don't know shit at 19. You still don't know shit at 30. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's when I met Renee when he was 30. Yeah. I was, well, well, when we met, I already had my plan intact, right. right? And then I told you, like, when we met, look, I think it was the second time around. I was like, look, I don't know where we're going to go. Right. But I think you're cool. I like, I like you. It's cool. But I'm planning on moving back to L.A. If you're okay with that, I was like, I don't know if this will work out. But if you're down to go and if it works out, then come with me to L.A. Because I'm moving back home. And you're like, okay, well, we'll see where it works out. And it did. It worked out. And we're still here. Yeah. And I really love that about you is that yeah. you were super honest. I'm not crying. Super... Are you crying? I'm not crying. Why are you rubbing your eye? There's a dirt in it. Oh, I'm not crying. crying. You love me. You love me. (laughs) Jamie, cut this. (laughs) Her name's Natalie. 
I know. Good Jamie. I know. We're not on Joe Rogan. Well, I'll be there one day. We will be. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to co-host with me more often? If you want to, yeah. We can do some business stuff. Yeah. How do you like being on the pod? It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You like it? Yeah. Well, Renee really helped me visualize a big vision for my podcast. And okay, well, that was a question I actually wanted to ask you mm-hmm. was when I brought up, do you remember the day that I brought up that I wanted to start a podcast? Yeah, that you're fucking stupid. Remember? Yeah. You remember me telling you that? Yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and because, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say because, okay, at the time we were struggling figuring it out with the business. And she was struggling, figuring out training, figuring out my, well, I was doing a lot of the business stuff, right? So that's why I was saying my business. Figuring out that part of it, not to say that it's my shit, right? It was right. just like I was doing the majority of it. And you're doing, you know, training and then you're doing... Um, Trying to shift online right, at right. the same you're, time. Yeah. And this is during like right around before COVID, I think. And then that happened. And so then that's why we, you know, ended up... Um, shifting because of the training you can train outside whatever it was and it happened like you said like another shift in the universe right so that ended up happening where it had to put you more hands-on to what the business was yeah and so I was always cool with it like you doing it I wasn't like against it or or not letting you do it right it was more like you have a lot on your plate. Is this something I was more saying it more like you have a lot on your plate. Is this something more that you can handle on your plate? It was more along the lines of that. And I made it clear, like, is this something you can do? Right. Right. So, and then it wasn't really like at the time, at the time. And so I think another probably year went by. Yes. And then I got more serious about it. November, October, when you went on the trip to Cabo or whatever it was. Right. And then I did the photo shoot for it. Right. And then it still got pushed back after the photo shoot and everything like that. But it was like a vision that I had for a long time. Right. And Renee really made me hold that vision because I want to do things fast. I'm a really spur of the moment, like, let's just do it type of person. But I don't put a long term plan for things, or at least I used to not. Right. And so when Renee said, like, Mm -hmm. is this something you can really handle? Is it something you could do? I felt really like sad and really like, well, what the fuck? I really want to do this. But. The podcast is something that I really took a long time and I was really had to really force myself to be patient and to see a long-term vision versus just doing it and doing it messy. Even though I still did it messy, Mm -hmm. I planned out even like I planned the launch date. I had Mm -hmm. to plan the photo shoot and Mm -hmm. I planned like promos for the photos Mm -hmm. and the promos for the video. A lot of work went into it. A lot of work went into it and it really tested me on the same principles that we were talking about earlier with seeing a long-term vision and holding that long-term vision. And I think that comes from a confidence that you are actually going to get there and you don't have to do it right now and hurry up and just do it because you feel like, at least for myself, I felt like if I don't do it now, I won't still have interest in it or I won't still want to do it in another six months or a year. So I want to take advantage of this feeling that I'm feeling like all excited about it. But the podcast really tested me on that. Okay. Yeah. And that was like a big thing. And yeah, I, I was wondering if you remembered like the day that I brought it to you and said, like, I want to start a podcast and you were like, okay, cool. But like, you have so many other things on your plate. Like, how are you going to do that? Correct. Correct. I, I, I just didn't want more stuff to overwhelm you. Yeah. And you neglect 
something other things that was already on your plate right which is pretty simple to do when you have a lot of things going on i get i, I would say like that the thing to mastering or the key to that would be having all these things on your plate and still giving 100 to all of them not neglecting one for another not really neglecting hard. one for another or how get to it it's no it's like you got to do all of them if you're going to do it you got to do all of it right and correct and so that's what you know that's that was my only question i didn't care that you were going to do it i just wanted you to be okay with the work that was going to come with it but not you um fucking off everything else yeah to do this one thing because then that would spiral out of control like oh i'm catching back up then your podcast gets neglected or this gets neglected the billing gets neglected or this gets neglected like it's just a snowball effect if you don't have all those things in line right so yeah so that's we really what i was took, like about. we that's really what took I was worried about a lot of time to really get right everything else nailed down to where yeah. we really had a good system right and then we even when i started the podcast i really had to integrate the same thing like a system of scheduling correct like I record on Thursdays. I edit throughout the rest of the week. I give my all my materials to my VA. Right, I give all right. those to her by a certain day, and I had to make a schedule of it. Mm-hmm. And right. that was really hard in the beginning, but it, right. it helped me actually stay consistent, right. which is one of the biggest things. Questions I get asked is how to stay consistent with the podcast, and I think it comes down to a schedule. Yeah, and that's that's all it was. That's all it was. It's just making a plan. Yeah, a, a plan, business plan. like you mentioned earlier. A business plan, right? Like we had nothing. We had no business plan. And we were just winging it as we went by. And it was hard for three years because it was a winging it concept. Like I said, like, I think I want to start a restaurant. Dude, it's not that hard. You just, I bought a restaurant. You make great food, right? And then just the customers will come. No, <laughs> it's not like that with anything. It doesn't matter... If it's business or working out, even you have to have a plan to work out. You have to have a diet. You have to have a plan to When are you going to go to the gym? Yeah, you have to put two hours aside of your day to go and do it, right? So it goes, it goes the same concept, I, I think, in my experiences and ours. That's what you would have to do yeah. for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I want to end it out with a little rapid fire. Okay. These are not questions I told you because I wanted you to be surprised. That's okay. So they're just little kind of like rapid fire questions yeah. about stuff that you like. Did you have a weekly fave? Of what? Usually I ask people a weekly fave that they had during the week. Did you have something you're loving this week? A weekly fave? I don't know. I guess I would say just hanging out with you would be that is so nice yeah hanging well out. this was our first like weekend the reason we're recording it this weekend is because and it's not going to release until september is because it's our first weekend that we've had like without any commitments right like no family parties no friends coming over no nothing it's just us this weekend so yeah right. that was a it was a really good weekend yeah so that, that would be my fave okay yeah that's so cute okay let's do um rapid fire so just thinking of sexy he bitch. That's all I just thought of. <laughs> that oh, my is screen name. Yeah. yeah. We'll explain that in a second. But what's your favorite food? Favorite food? Like at dinner or because there's snacks, you know, there's a lot of different things. Okay, let's right. go with your favorite meal. 
Mio, I would say my mom's enchiladas. Really? Yeah. I thought you were going to say a burger. Well, that too, but I would. Your mom's enchiladas. Yeah, okay, yeah, hell yeah. That too, yeah. What, what's in the enchilada? Cheese? It's just, just cheese, dude. Cheese and sauce. Those ones that she gave me the recipe for when yeah. we were in Dallas? Yeah, yeah those, those are really good. Yeah. Okay. Those, yeah. That's a good one. I think that. Yeah. Obviously, I'll take a good burger any day. Yeah. yeah. I love burgers and pizza. Yeah. You know what sounds good is fucking Legends right now. Yeah. The Should big we take an Uber to yeah, Legends and go good. get... We could do that right we now. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really good. I bet you it wouldn't be that busy since it's raining. Correct. Um, okay. What is your... I usually ask people, what is your go-to coffee order? I don't have one. Whatever you order for me. So what would you get if you went to Starbucks by yourself and I couldn't text you? I don't go to Starbucks you? by myself. <laughs> Sorry. But you know what you would get. I don't go there by myself. I only go with you. And what would I get you? Whatever you tell me to get. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. It, no, it's true though. I it's know like it what is. like do you want Caramel iced coffee frap? or do you want a frap? I'm like, um frap. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. With caramel and uh, uh little crunchy things. Yeah, caramel ribbon crunch. Yeah. Yeah. One of those, yeah. 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 Oh, or like the Nespresso you make. Uh, those are my favorite. Yeah. Those two things. I make the Nespresso every morning. Yeah, those, yeah. those, those are two of my favorite, my two favorite coffees. Yeah. Okay. What is your go-to drink? Drink? You're walking into a bar. What do you get? Um, it depends what kind of a bar I'm walking into, right? If they have a lot of beer, then I'll get a beer, even though I, I shouldn't drink beer. But um, and Renee's allergic to brewer's yeast. Yeah, we so found that background. out. Yeah, we found that out like a couple years ago when we got married. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't just a hangover. <laughs> Renee's feet were so yeah, fucking swollen. Yeah, I was swollen. a pregnant woman for like He couldn't put his three shoes days. on yeah. to even get on the plane. My ring got stuck. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was, it was, it was just bad. crazy. So, um, okay, so if I walk into a bar and I hadn't drank in a beer, I would drink a cold beer. Okay. Um, I would go usually with a local beer, whatever city we're in. I like to taste whatever they have. And then um, if not, um, I'll go to old fashioned. An old fashioned. Yeah. But our drink that we've been drinking like for a while now when we're home chilling is a Prosecco. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I wouldn't order that at a bar. No, no, not at a bar. No. But if we're going to dinner, that's what you would order. Um, it depends. depends. Yeah, I guess it depends. It depends usually, right? It depends. Yeah. Like it depends what mood or, you know, like if I want to drink, if I'm going to go on a bender <laughs> or if I'm, you know. Like I don't want to, sometimes I don't want to drink that hard. Yeah. I don't want to drink a, an old, an old fashioned or if I want to just have a, a, a glass of something, then it would be Prosecco. Okay. What type so of those three. So let's go with the beer, a cold beer okay. from a local. Um, an and if fashioned. it's not a local, I'll take the bars, uh, the bartender's, uh, you know, recommendation for it. And then I'll do an old fashioned. What would you get in your old fashioned? What kind of, what um, of? Basil Hayden. Right. Or Booker's. Yeah. Those two, because they don't really have Booker's. So it's usually Basil Hayden, but those two. And then, um, if it's just a dinner, like we're having a dinner, then it's a Prosecco. Yeah. Yeah. Those three. So it's a cold beer, old fashioned with Booker's or Hey Basil Hayden or a Prosecco. Okay. Yeah. And then what are you currently reading? Are you reading anything I right now? I haven't been reading anything like What's the last book you read? The last book was, uh, by Thich Nhat Hanh, The Art of Living. The Art of Living, yeah. The Art of Living was the last book I read from him. Yeah, I have that I read like about five or six books from him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got really into Buddha, and I talked to you guys about our 
Buddha stuff a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So but that helped us a lot going through your dad's stuff. Of course. Yeah, that definitely did. That definitely gave a different perspective on, on living and death and coping with it, you know, being so, in the present moment. Of course, being in the present. Um, Bodhisattva. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And yeah, but I feel like you should be in the present of everything and not worry about tomorrow or worry about the past because the past is already the past. You know, why would you worry about the past if you're already in the present? So, well, Rip said that on Yellowstone. <laughs> Did he really say that? She says the past is what keeps me awake at night, or something like that. And he says, Beth? that's what keeps everyone awake at night. Ah, uh, but he's a bodhisattva, dude. He he's knows a bodhisattva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was gonna I usually ask people what's your best Amazon purchase of this month, but since I make all the yeah, Amazon purchases, you're the one that buys it. I don't, I don't care about Amazon. I don't care about shopping. Um, so tell me what my, since you know all the Amazon purchases I've made this month. I don't. Yes, you do. You know everything in our house. Mm, no. What is your favorite thing that I bought for the new house? Favorite thing that you bought? I don't know. I know what hint. it is. Give me a hint. The lights. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But I thought they came with the house. <laughs> no, that's what we're going to tell people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These little lights in our closet, they're motion lights when you walk by and they light up. But they don't stay lit enough when I'm done going, going pee in the bathroom that they turn <laughs> off. So I'm like, dang, I got to hurry. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. I'm going to beat the lights and I never do. Yeah. So... But yeah, the lights. Those are dope. Yeah. I'll link those two for you guys in the uh, Amazon store yeah, that I have. Yeah, they're cool. I love them. Yeah. The closet does have a light in it, but you know, to see like your shit a little bit more clearly in each shelf, I installed like a little um, motion sensor light, like he's saying. And then what was your AOL screen name? It was um, Sexy He Bitch. Sexy He Bitch. Dude, I put like, <laughs> try to spell it like correctly and it, it it didn't work because somebody had it so i just added two somebody X's. already had it yeah somebody i so i just added two x's two y's and two i's so i was just <laughs> like extra with it but it was because i was heavy into austin powers yeah and he called himself a sexy bitch so i was like oh this sounds fucking hilarious i'm i did it as a joke like dude this is gonna be funny dude i'm gonna be sexy he bitch and, well if you guys just stupid haven't but. listened to stephanie's episode Stephanie is Renee's cousin. They're the same age. They're super no, close. No, she's a year younger. Okay, well, they're almost the same age. And because I asked that question at the end of every podcast, I always was asking people, and I asked Renee, what was your screen name? Oh, yeah, I played stupid. And he's like, oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I, don't I played remember. dumb. Yeah, yeah. And then Stephanie actually outed you on her podcast. No, I was just being stupid. Like, you don't need to know that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and in my MySpace is Kelly's finest. Cal- Ew. With a K. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Cringe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That is so cringe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Okay, the biggest question that I asked you about the end of the podcast is if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? There is nothing else. This is it. Ah, I love that fucking answer. That's it. There's no other plan. You can't have a plan B, dude. It's only plan A. But I think yours would be, you'd be a DJ. Well, that's like a dream. You know what I mean? Like a That's day usually trader. what people say. Oh, a day trader. A day trader, a day trader, um, and a DJ. Yeah. Yeah. 
those two things. Yeah. Yeah. And I would be planning people's vacations. All right. Yeah. That's what I said because I didn't, it took me a long time to figure it out too, because I was like, well, there is no other plan. Like this is what I want to be doing. But then when I think about like, if I lived in an alternate universe or alternate life, that's something else that I would really enjoy doing is planning. Well, it's going to happen, you know, like I'll eventually start like building to where I can have that freedom to do that. Right. You know what I mean? Like to where we'll look at Shaq. He started DJing like what, like a few years ago, but he's Shaq. He's funny. So, I mean, like, I know, but I'm just saying, right. Like that's a different avenue that he went into. Why are you trying to make me act like I'm fucking ridiculous for saying that? Well, I'm not. I'm well. Use Shaq as an like example. I think because he's ridiculous. old as hell. But he's he, old, and he just like, started DJing. Paris yeah, Hilton, same thing. But he's like super wealthy, so it doesn't count. Well, to me, so you're not to going to be super wealthy. Yes, but to, I'm saying like like in Shaq, you use him as a, like okay, he could do whatever he wants. Paris Hilton. He could go do like backflips and skydiving, like for all I care. Like right, he could do whatever he wants. You're saying he could be successful at any avenue because, because he's, he's wealthy. Shocked. Because he's wealthy. Like he could no, choose. No, I don't think it's the wealthiness. I think, I think it me. is. Okay, well, aren't you going to be super wealthy? Yeah, but um, what I'm saying is like you use him as an example. And like he just said, uh, he was a cop not too long ago. Like now he's a DJ. Like so it doesn't matter. He just can pick whatever he wants. Oh, well, next week I think I'm going to be a UFC fighter. All right, whatever. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. He's older. He already had a full career, two multiple careers, right? NBA career. Then he had his, I was going to say podcasting, but <laughs> yeah, announcing, right? Yeah. He did two different things and then he went to be a DJ. Uh, he was always DJing. Really? Yeah. He was rapping. It's true. He did have a rapping career so too stop. and a movie career. Yeah, oh my, my God. Face, stop. What else? Okay. I think those are all my, my rapid fires. Yeah. Oh, if you go to the movie, what, what are you getting? If I go to a movie? If you go to the movie, what are you getting as your snack? Oh, just popcorn loaded with salt and butter. I brought Renee uh, popcorn the other day yeah, from the Barbie movie. It was movie. the worst popcorn ever. There wasn't enough butter and salt for him. Yeah. Are you getting any type of candy? No. No, no candy. Just popcorn. Popcorn. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I think that's all the rapid fires I, I usually ask. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Okay. I want to say thank you. For coming on. Can't wait to have you back on episode 420. <laughs> <laughs> be a couple of years, huh? Yeah, we'll be back in a couple of years. But I would actually like to have you co-host with me. Again, that would be really fun. Yeah. We, we could pick a topic that. and just yeah. bullshit about it like we normally do. We could do that. We could do that, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I love you so much. Yeah. Thanks for too, always believing in me and the podcast, my yeah. dreams, supporting every career decision I ever made. And I love doing business with you and life with you and... That's what it's about, though, man. You know, that's what it's about. We are supporting each other, no matter what it is. But be the best at it. Yeah. I love you. Love you, too, baby. All right. We're going to close it out. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys can find all the info that we mentioned down below for the podcast, as well as Renee's Instagram, Dr. Renegade. (laughs) (laughs) And if you guys want to follow him, also follow the podcast at Confident AF Podcast on Instagram and follow me at the Confidence Queen underscore underscore. And like I said, I'll have everything we mentioned down below for you guys as well. I appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to give us a rating and review if you can. We would love it. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Love you. (laughs) That's so funny.